catch a little glimpse of what's happening in heaven. Angels that have been around the throne for years, they're just worshiping, praising Him because He's worthy of it. The saints that have gone to the other side, they're rejoicing. Friends, this is the last of the last. Oh, it's glorious. God is doing something. Amen. May God help us this morning. Let's turn in our Bibles. Thank you to the musicians. Thank you, Brother Michael. Thank you for being patient this morning. Let's go to the book of Psalms, Psalms chapter 2. Psalms chapter 2, there was something in David that I think we could all identify with. David would express his heart in so many ways, even in the Psalms. Quite often, if I've got ups or downs, I'll pick up the Psalms and say, I'm right where David was. You know, and, and other times I'll go, wow, that's tremendous. But I don't know what was in David, but somewhere in David there was a spirit that began to move towards God. And that spirit that was in David, it, it eventually led him into such a walk that, that God was so pleased to be with David. So let's just read here as David expresses this. You know, much of what David said in the Psalms was prophecy. Jesus referred to it. Others have referred to it. But let's read from Psalms chapter 2. 
Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. So David, by prophecy, there must have been something he'd gone through, a rejection, and, and he saw a spirit in the kings of the earth and the rulers, and he's saying it was a spirit that was against not just the Lord, but against his anointed. Then David would pick up this, he that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall have them in derision. Then shall he speak unto them in his wrath and vex them in his sore displeasure. Yet have I set my king. So David catches what God's attitude is. And now David said, this is what I'm going to do. Yet have I set my king upon my holy hill of Zion. I will declare the decree. The Lord has said unto me, Thou art my son. This day have I begotten thee. Ask of me, and I shall give thee the heathen for thine inheritance, and the uttermost parts of the earth for thy possession. Thou shalt break them with a rod of iron. Thou shalt dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Be wise now, therefore, O ye kings. Be instructed, you judges of the earth. David's coming full circle here. Serve the Lord with fear. Rejoice with trembling. Kiss the Son, lest he be angry, and you perish from the way. When his wrath is kindled but a little, blessed are all they that put their trust in him. God bless his word. You may have your seats. I just said you may have your seats. I didn't say the comfort of your seats. So to those that are home, you may have the comfort of your seats. To you that are home. Okay. <laughs> oh. I want to take a little thought, and I, I'm... Maybe won't cover what I'd like to. Sometimes I start thoughts and I wish I could carry them on. I'd like to say that, you know, Brother Michael and I were in the back office and he's saying, I felt a little scattered. I said, oh, you too. <laughs> I, said, I said, you know, you're trying to wonder how the song service would go and, you know, the minister's trying to figure out the thing and sometimes a minister is a great actor. He can look like he's got it all together. But I, I've often said it's like a duck. You know, just calm on top, but paddling like crazy underneath, right? And so, you know, it, it's really not, sometimes you start a thought and you think, oh, I've got this, but, you know, as I begin to set my face towards a service, I really am trying to get out of the way and really am trying to, Lord, I'd like you to minister. And so sometimes there's a thought and I'd like to take it and I'd like to take it and it's like, it takes it so far and then the Lord stops it and brings you to something else and so I don't mean to come across scattered, but I, I just want to follow the Lord. And, 
You know, the Bible, if you view it superficially, it, it looks scattered. It looks like, my, there's, what's this doing here and what's that doing there? And what's, but God put it together and when we see it, it's a beautiful story. And so somewhere in all of this, God makes himself known and we thank him for it. So as a subject, I want to just speak on, on last day's spirits. But today I want to take my text directly from Psalms chapter 2 and verse 1. Why do the heathen rage? And that'll, that'll be where we start. So I, I want to start, but let's just go to the book of Job chapter 32, if you will. We have one service today. This is a long weekend, so we've just got the morning. That doesn't mean I'm going to keep you as long as two services. But I, if I, I want to be able to express what's on my heart. And if, it, if you pull and it takes 45 minutes, that's great. We'll go out and enjoy the sun. If it takes a little longer, we'll do it however. But there's, you know, there's a natural man that enjoys the natural things. There's a spirit man that, that uh, you know, sometimes is pulled this way and that way. And then there's a soul. There's a soul realm that never gets tired of God just rejoices in God. And that soul realm desires to be fed. So sometimes you have to set your spirit a certain way and say, my soul needs something this morning. Feed my soul, O oh Lord. And so I, I thought the way Brother Moses, I, I really reflected on what Brother Moses spoke and I shared it with the brothers after and I said, you know, our, our flesh is what our flesh is. And our spirit is what our spirit is. But it's the one in the middle, that spirit realm, that's where there's great conflict. Yeah. And as Brother Moses would, uh, would elaborate, and he talked about the three types of believers, the unbeliever is what the unbeliever is. The believer is what the believer is. It's the make-believer that gives both sides trouble. And so, uh, anyway, I'm not putting all of us in that category. But I'd, I'd like to this morning just go to Job chapter 32, if you will. And we want to read there, if we can, from... Uh, from, this is when Elihu, or Elihu, however you pronounce it, this is when Job's three comforters, uh, miserable comforters as they were referred to, came and, you know, as much as they tried to comfort him, it was more ac accus accusations. And uh, so, and when these three men had be begin finished telling Job what their opinion was, then this one steps up called Elihu. He was the youngest. Uh, he was not as aged as they were. But he was a type of Christ. And, and he begins to speak. So I, I won't read right from the beginning. But when he, he begins to pick this up in, in verse 7, he says, I said, days should speak and the multitude of years should teach wisdom. And he says, but there is a spirit in man... And the inspiration of the Almighty giveth them understanding. Great men are not always wise, neither do the aged understand judgment. So he establishes a principle here and he says, he expresses what's called a wisdom beyond his years. You know, it's a wisdom beyond just the experiences of life. And it's the, a wisdom beyond the greatness or the learning, but he attributes it directly back to a spirit. He said there's a spirit in man, 
And God gives the inspiration, or the inspiration of the Almighty gives understanding. So this morning, it, it's about our spirit that we carry. Now, now Brother Branham would, would take different things, and he'd say, you know, I, and, and I, there were some wonderful quotations, and I might refer to a few of them, but he, he would talk about it, and he'd say, this is the age of the life, the personal life of Christ, where the chemical of his body, what was in him. So at the end of the day, this is not just about how, what we see on the outside, you know, how faithful we are in showing up at church and paying our tithes and understanding things, but it's the spirit that we carry. It, it is the, it, it, because we're influenced by one of two spirits. There is a spirit of an antichrist in the world, and then there's the spirit of Christ. And, and, and in the message, The Rising of the Sun, Brother Manum would say, Satan doesn't care how religious you are or how right you are in your doctrine. Now that's, a, that's an amazing thing. I used to work with an old Englishman and, and he was the one that told me, you know, it, it's like he watched me do my job. I was young, I was zealous, I was trying to do it and I'd spend extra time, extra time. And he says, you like to do your job right, don't you? He watched me there, you know, spending time after work and you like to do your job right, don't you? And I said, I do. And he says, he says, you can be so right, you can be dead right. And I said, that's right. <laughs> and then he said to me, and he said, well, that's good. So he walked away, and then he turned around, and he said, you know, he says, Ed, sometimes right is good enough. <laughs> and so it's not about how we button it up and how we perceive it, but it's about the life of God. So Brother Adam would say, Satan doesn't care how religious you are, how right you are in your doctrine. If you miss that life, you won't come up anyhow. No matter how religious you are, how good you are, how many churches you belong to, it doesn't matter one thing unless you're born again. So I say this morning, give me the Spirit of Christ. Give me what Elihu had, which is a, a spirit that can talk to God and He can talk to me and He can give me discernment and He can give me wisdom and He can give me of Christ. So it's not just about what I can do. It's what He can do through me as I yield myself to Him. So Elihu just gives this. He says there's a spirit in man, an inspiration, and he speaks to him. Now, I won't read all of Job 32, but he goes back on into Job 33. So let's jump over there to verse 2. He says, Behold, I have opened my mouth, my tongue has spoken in my mouth, my words shall be of uprightness of my heart, and my lips shall utter knowledge clearly. Now, you, there, there's something that came from this young man, but there was a spirit of Christ that was already in him. Yeah. And he says, and, and he says, so, so my words shall, my lips shall utter knowledge clearly. The Spirit of God hath made me. The breath of the Almighty hath given me life. If thou canst answer me, set my, thy words in order before me. Stand up. Behold, I am according to thy wish. In God's stead, I also am formed out of the clay. Now, that, that's a tremendous statement. Behold, I am according to your wish in God's stead. 
In other words, he recognized the spirit that was on him had so directed him and anointed him for this purpose. Now, now even Brother Branham would take that thought, and, and, and if you'd, you'd, you'd say it, he was a man who was very humble. His approach was much like Elihu, which I'd say was the Spirit of Christ. You know, and he was the one who say, you know, I, I, I don't know the Bible real well, but I, I, I know Christ real well. And, and he, his approach was one of humility. It was one which allowed God to come and say, I can identify with that vessel. I can inhabit that vessel. I can use that vessel. So when he would make a very strong and assertive statement, he didn't do that just out of himself, but the spirit that was working in the man. And he would say in one place, and he stops, and you watch the change of his voice, the demeanor, and he says, I am God's voice to you. Now that's not something any man takes literally, but it's only the Spirit of God. And we recognize that was the Spirit of God to our generation. That wasn't William Branham the man. That wasn't William Branham from Kentucky. But that was the Spirit of God working through a vessel. And if you're going to benefit from it, you've got to recognize that. Now, you, you could even go to the film, The Deep Calleth to the Deep. And you watch him, you know, and, and he's, he's just kind of like this. He's, and he's, he's in the prayer line, and, you know, and he's trying to tell about how John and the woman at the well, and, you know, if he comes, and I don't know if he will, and, and, and then all of a sudden he's upright. He's here. I take every spirit under my control. Friends, that was not just William Branham. That was God who was coming down and identifying himself and saying, my spirit is here. Now let's, let's just move over to 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4. And now this is after the death of Jesus. And John, the one who was on and heard the words and that Jesus uttered him while he was lying on his bosom and, and Jesus whispered secret things to him and went to the Isle of Patmos and received great revelations. And John, the revelator, came back, not with great swelling words. He just came back and said, little children, love one another. <laughs> That's a man who had the spirit of Christ. But John now, and as, as we just move into the thought here, he begins to say these words in 1 John chapter 4, verse 1. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. So now John is identifying something that is existing right there after Jesus left, and it was a spirit of an antichrist. Now listen to how he says it. He says, don't believe every spirit. He wouldn't say that if there wasn't a reason to. And he says, verse 2, Hereby know ye the Spirit of God, every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. Man always praising God for what he has done, always looking forward to what he will do, but ignoring what he's doing right now. I'm not looking back to what just happened when Brother Branham was here on earth, what will happen, but I'm looking at what he's doing right now. 
And he's doing something right now. And we need to be caught up with it now. Because if we're not caught up with it now, we're going to miss what happens in the future. And he would say this in verse 3, And every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. So he'd say, if, if it's putting it there, putting it there, it's pointing you to something else. And this is the spirit of Antichrist, whereof you heard that it should come, and even now, already, it is in the world. So he's identifying, it's here already. And then we had Brother Branham step up, and he preaches anointed ones at the end time, different messages. And then he says, those two spirits, they're sitting here today, right at this tabernacle. Now, you're never going to figure this out with your own mind. But only the Spirit of God in you. Friends, when God needed a leader, what did he, what did he pick? He didn't pick a minister, some smart man, somebody with great learning. He gave us the Holy Ghost. That's our leader. I just shared it with, with the brothers yesterday a little bit. But that leader will guide us. In face of, and Brother Branham used this as a quote, in face of the fierceness of the people of this age. And I'll tell you what, there's a fierceness that's rising up. People are on an edge. People are ready. And I'll say, their stage is being set for the full release of the Antichrist spirit. Don't miss it. Recognize it. You, you can't stop it, but you can deal with what we are. You can deal with what's inside of us. Now, he would say it also tells us how to deal with sickness and how to deal with sin and how to deal with all these other things. Now, let's just, let's just take this here. John would also say, verse 4, You are of God, little children have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Two different spirits. Let's go also one more scripture, Revelation chapter 12. This will... Take us to the end of the book, but not the end of the service. We just summarize, and then we're going to go back a bit. Revelations 12. Now, this is, remember, this is in an eternal realm. But, so in an eternity, it doesn't distinguish time. It said, there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. And the dragon fought, and his angels. And they prevailed not. And neither was their place found anymore in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out. That old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. Now the Bible said the only group of people that would not be deceived is those whose names were written on the Lamb's book of life. Now, just because your name is there or you think it's there or you, th you thought it was, that's not, that's not a simple way to overcome. It's going to take yielding to the Spirit that's in you and the seed that's in you to overcome. It said, so he was cast out into the earth and his angels were cast out with him. So it, it, it gives us a scene and we could attribute that way back before the Adam and Eve were ever here. We could say that. And he says, now I heard in a loud voice, there's a quantum leap here, and now I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now cometh salvation and strength 
and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ, for the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. And they, so it, 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 it really puts it right back to the end where we are. But here it, it now identifies us in the middle of this. And they overcame him by three things. By the blood of the Lamb, by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto the death. Three things. Verse 12, Therefore rejoice, you heavens, and you that dwell in them. Woe unto the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea, for the devil is come down unto you, having great wrath, because he knoweth he hath but a short time. So the devil has come down having a great wrath. And I'm going to tie this together with the scripture. Why do the heathen rage? Because they're dominated by a spirit. Now, Brother Branham would make this statement, and it's, it's uh, in the message called Preparation 1953. God always prepares his people for the events that's about to happen. May I stop and say this? I believe people are in the preparation of the last great destruction this world will ever know. I believe we're at the end. He says, you could speak to the people. You could put a Billy Graham in every city in the United States. They would drink whiskey and smoke cigarettes and laugh at you and everything else just the same. They are in the spirit of the last days. And he says, God cannot send destruction before the people are in the spirit of destruction. God never did destroy anything. Man always destroys himself. Now, if I, if I would now, that, that's a preamble to really where we're going. The battle that we're in and is, 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 is let, me, let me just read this also from the church age. In the last days, I want to give a warning. In the last days, because of abounding iniquity, the love of many will wax cold. In the Laodicean or, or last age, self-love and love for material things will take the place of the true love of God. We need to guard against the power of sin in these last days. So many are getting so hard because they haven't realized the effect of this last day spirit. It's time, and I, I, I'm going to say, don't think for a moment because you're sitting in a message church this morning, you can't be affected. You can be. Questions and Answers, 1961. Brother Branham, is it possible for a Holy Ghost-filled believer to be influenced to do things against their will? Yes! It's possible. Yes, it's possible. You can be influenced. Now, if you're Holy Ghost-filled, there's a spirit in you that will say, I'm not comfortable with my behavior. I'm not comfortable with what's captivating me or what's, what's taking my mind. I'm, I'm not comfortable with, with, with where I'm going and what I'm feeding on. I'm not comfortable with, with the attitude I'm projecting. Yeah. 
if, if you got the Holy Ghost in you. And, and, if, and if, 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 if the devil is blinded, I say, oh God, God has the ability to wake us up. Let him wake us up. So he says, let us fill our lives. It's time to draw nigh to God. Fill our lives with his love before we feel the coldness of this last day church. So the battle that we war is not just a battle of flesh and blood, but it's beyond that. It's a spirit realm. Now, I, I, I was really struck by this, even as, as we were arranging our services and the services we had last weekend with Brother Andrew and Brother Ron Spencer, and I'm still feeding on that and, 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 and enjoying that. But I was really struck by it, and I heard Brother Branham speaking, and, and we all know when Brother Branham was here, how he would, he would, he would go, and, and all of a sudden the Spirit of God would come down, and he'd say, now, and, and, and as, as God would come down, it wasn't just a gift, but it was God using this man to show a sign, and there was a voice that always follows a sign. But he would, he would say, oh, there's, there's a sister over here that has this need. You know, I, I was just listening, friends, and I think it would do us good to listen just wherever we can. I'll tell you what I do. Whenever I can, I, I'll, I'm, I've got a half hour, 20 minute drive. I put a tape on because as you're feeding, you may not have the time to sit down. I recognize it. But what you need to do is beat the devil at his tactics. If he's going to have you waiting in traffic, I'll put a tape on. I'll do something. If I've got to do work around the house, i got these little things. They're called earbuds. And I can keep my phone and I, keep, and I can keep a message going. And I was just working, cleaning out the garage and cutting grass and doing things yesterday, just like everybody else. But as I'm listening, I'm not just hearing the words that my eye and my mind would hear, but I'm catching the spirit that's behind it. And I'm listening to Brother Branham in 1964, and he's speaking in Birmingham, Alabama, and he's just talking to the people, and he'd say, oh, can you catch it, that God is here. And, and, and there's such an urgency in his voice. And he says, don't miss this, friends. And, he, and he's just, you, you can just see him reaching out to them. And there's such a lethargy that we can, can overtake us if we're not careful. And I say, you've got to be in constant contact. The minister needs to be in constant. The, the mother and the father, the children, the teenager, everyone needs to be in constant contact. And so, Brother Adam, you know, and, and, and really as he would begin, and I, I just going back to my thought about how the meetings, Brother Adam would come and he'd say, and I just watched, and he's again, the same attitude. I don't say he'll come, but then he says, uh, how about you over there suffering with that arthritic condition? And, and you, the one beside it, suffering with such and such. And all of a sudden you realize, this is on another level. This is. And then he's saying, now don't miss this. That's the sign. But there's a voice following it. Don't miss it, he says. And he just begins to speak and he begins to catch it. You know, really the gift was there to catch the spirit. It was there to catch our spirit and move us in a certain way. Now, now let, me, let, me, let me pick it up this way because there was such a, when he was speaking, there, there was such a wonderful thought behind it. He says, now, in, in Identified Christ 1964, this is just before this meeting, he says, now, this woman, there's things that are distracting you from what, I'm, what you're doing, you see? Now, I'm not dealing with you as a body. I'm dealing with you as a spirit. And that is moving. You got your mind going somewhere else. But I'm trying to get a hold of that. I'm trying to catch that. 
And he says, there was a man that looked on Paul, and Paul, Paul watched him, and he says, I perceive you have faith to be healed. Now, unless we get into the spirit of what God's speaking, you may see Brother Ed's face here, but I'll say there's a spirit of God that I've yielded to. And he can, he can now work through me without me even knowing it. You can touch him. Just the same as Brother Branham did. You can touch him. Now, I, I don't have the same gift. And, and I, I, could, I would dare not impersonate this sent to one. And I, and, I, and I would say, there's others that have different gifts, but I'm just saying it. You know, the devil's there to catch our minds. Let, let, me, let me put it this way. Brother Branham would, would speak this in another message. He's talking about this woman that was in an insane institution. And how there was a man that began to speak to her. And listen, listen to Brother Branham's words as this man took this woman raised in a Christian home. And he began to speak to her. And, and she went to this psychiatrist. He was a doctor. He was a psychiatrist. He said... He swung that girl's mind until she has now become so evil and bad, she doesn't even want to hear the name of Jesus in her presence. She's going to go to an institution for shock treatment. It's because she turned her thoughts from Christ, he says, unto that psychiatrist that was moving her mind. I don't know about you, but every day... I get these little, you know, I, I got news apps and things on my phone and they show up and, and I have Dr. Henshaw and, and is it Dr. Tam is, is, is a national one. They give statistics every day. 33 people infected, two people died, four new cases, and, and it comes. And that's all the world is hearing. That's all they're hearing. I'll tell you what, it's conditioning their mind. It's, con it's by what you hear and what you see. Yeah. Now, why? What if, what if the statistics, what if we had an app that would say, yeah. there were 250 abortions in this city last week? What if we actually would go a step further and say, within the message, there was, there was 50 people that began to listen to another voice? Yeah. What about if the, if the world would hear stats so many people died because of smoking. So many people died because of a disease they caught while they were in adultery or homosexual acts or things. Why aren't those stats out there? Yeah. No, but instead they give you these stats. When really the alarming stats are the sin stats. Yeah. Those are the ones that ought to just reverberate yeah. and say, oh, this sin and that sin and that sin. Oh, God, where are we? Oh, yeah. But instead we hear this. And our mind becomes conditioned. Conditioned. And the world is thinking, oh, this is the dangerous thing. The dangerous thing is that which you let in to let this in. When you turn your heart from God and you moved it into another channel. Three months into this year, there was 35,000 COVID-19 deaths. In that same period of time, there was 10 million abortion deaths. Now put that on the scale 
of the judge of heaven and earth. And what's he looking at? Now, I'm not making light, but I'm just saying, let's keep our eyes. Let's keep our focus. Now, he says, uh, let, let me save this one. I'm going to save it. Going a long ways to get back to my original thought here of God, Brother Branham would say, I'm not here to try to bring a revival. I'm here to get you to recognize the presence of God. And if you recognize the presence of God, then you'll have a revival. (laughs) I'm not here this morning to, to preach fear to work you up. Neither am I here to be emotional. I'm just here if I can be. There's a God that's here. He, he isn't a God of history, but He's here today. He's in His body. He's in His people. He's in the ministers. He's in your brother and He's in your sister. He's in your mother and your father. He's in your children. He's here. I, I, I listened to Brother Branham talking, and, and you know, he would... In, in the physical, he would pull out things and he'd say, now what did she touch? And then he's back here and in, behind the pulpit and then he starts speaking. Oh, I felt somebody resenting that. Maybe it was out on the wire. So he picks it up thousands of miles away. It's out on the wire somewhere. You know, and, and they're resenting it. And then I, I came across another one and this really did it for me. And he says... Yeah, somebody, I, I felt that somebody didn't like it. They resented Maybe it was, and then he says, no, maybe it was in the tape somewhere. Now, this is no longer geography. This is no longer time or distance. This is the Spirit of God that has come down in this last age. And He's here right now. That pillar of fire has not left us. We may not be able to detect it or take a picture or see the vessel, but I'll say this, he's moving into his body. And Brother Bannon would say, the pillar of fire that was on Jesus, that was, on his pro- that was in Paul, it's now here, and he says it's also in his body. We're, we're moving. Faith comes by hearing. Wow, here we are, and I haven't hardly moved where I want to. Okay. The battle we often war with is not flesh and blood, but we can feel it. There's a resistance. And, uh, you know, the Bible would tell us in Ephesians, Ephesians, sometimes, you know, you walk somewhere. Brother Mark Kessler gave his testimony to the youth, and he talks about a time he was backslid, but he had enough of the Spirit of God in him And he said he came somewhere and he was going the wrong direction. He said, with his walk with God. And he said, I came into this place and he encountered a woman that caught his eye and he recognized the presence of evil was so great. And he recognized I was in hell. And you know what he recognized? Hell is the absence of God. And he, he said that so scared him that he turned from that moment 
And he said, I'm going. Cling to the cross. I, I, I would say there's two spirits in the world today. They're coming to a head. They're coming to a great climax. And, and even now, you know, I'm not saying we, we can be dominated by one or the other, but be careful. Because the time's coming, you might think I can get out of it. But maybe it'll be too late. I, I believe Judas actually even thought that. Judas knew the spirit that was governing him, and he thought, I, 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 you know, I'll get some money along the way, but Jesus, you know, he's always got himself out. You know, I'll watch him get out, and I'll get some money along the way. But he didn't realize what he was doing and what he was moved by and where he was going. Uh, listen, this is not a shouting service right at the moment here, but let's, let's go on. So the battle that we have, we can feel it. We wrestle not, by, in Ephesians 6:12, it says, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. I, I felt like, you know, I might get to this all in one service, but I listened to the testimony of somebody that had given himself over to that realm of witchcraft and witches and warlocks and, and had been in that and, and had come out of it by the grace of God. And when he came out of it, he gave testimony to how prevalent and how organized this system is in the world today. He said, if you only knew how entire municipalities are governed by a spirit, if you'd only know how the countries are governed by a spirit and politics, and listen, that goes right along with what Jesus said, because the devil said, I'll give you all of these nations. They're mine. They're mine. And Jesus never argued with him. They are yours, but you're, you're ruling by a different spirit. So this man, I, I won't go into it, but he, he comes and, he, and he, he comes back and he gives testimony. And I, I won't go into it because I'll I tell you what, that's not the kind of thing I could listen to very, unless you're led of God to do it. And, but he, he made this one statement which struck me. Because you would think a kingdom is governed, we think of the kingdom of God, how it's governed by love and royal, loyalty and trust and, 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 and such. He said, it's a completely different realm. He said, they, those demons... They says, first of all, their, their structure is not that way. They are ruled by fear. There is jealousy. There is infighting. They're trying to outdo one another. And he says, that's how that kingdom operates. He says, one will try to outdo the other. They hate each other. And yet they, they're, they're trapped in the same realm. But they've given themselves over. They gave themselves over before the foundation of the world. And they were angels at one time. But they became devils. Demonic spirits. And they're in the earth today. And they affect us. And we, if we could recognize they're out there. This is not just a picnic we're in. We're fighting the greatest battle that has ever been fought. It can occur in your job. It can occur in your house. It can occur in church. And it definitely occurs out in the world. Now, brother, I would say we're living in a time. It's the greatest sinful age. There's more sin than there's ever been. The powers of Satan is many times harder to fight against than in any other age. He's saying, oh, what an age, what a perversion. Satan's Eden. 
How deceitful the perverted spirit that is on man. Now, this is a whole different thing. Let's just move on past that for today. Enticing spirits. This is, Brother Bam talks about demonology. But he approaches demonology not just from a physical realm, but from another realm. So enticing spirits. He would talk about America, who's got great churches, polished scholars, good theology. They can sing like angels, but there's a weakness. And the weakness is they've gone after man's doctrine and enticing spirits instead of coming back to the Word of God. They try to pattern after the things of the world. And he says, so many people are listening to enticing spirits instead of taking the Word of God. Now, I believe God has a program. I don't believe just because COVID-19 is here, He's making an exception. His word stands. His order stands. Therefore, I don't have to adjust just to think and compromise on values. Now, we have to compromise on our order and assembling and gathering than, than the way we wouldn't like, but I will not, if it comes down to it, like Daniel did. You know, he, he worked with the king as far as eating the king's meat. But when it came time, and you watched, there was actually four spirit, four kingdoms in Daniel's time. Four different kings. But as they went, it went to Belshazzar. And I'm, I, I, I'm going to really pick this up in another service. But it went to Belshazzar. So what was in the first kingdom, then went to another kingdom and a third. And you watch, each kingdom had its own, uh, let me call it, overcoming requirements. Belshazzar took the vessels of God and mocked God with it. Now Daniel, he would also realize, and, 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 and as the kingdom around him, they came and they tried to get Daniel to compromise. They made a, a law with the king secretly, and it was all against Daniel. Now that spirit has not left the earth today. That spirit is still on the earth today. And somewhere, there's going to be men that will rise up. It will get into a political realm. And it will try to pass laws that are against one people. Not just the churches worldwide. But one people. The people of Christ. The bride of Christ. I'm not trying to scare you. It says God's going to take care of us. That, that confidence I have. But I'm not ignorant to the things that are happening. Now, that, that's what Daniel had to encounter. My goodness, I've got to keep going. Okay, so, so the, the kingdoms of, of the enemy that are out there. So, listen, in, 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 even in the, the structure that the enemy has in his kingdoms, we, we recognize even demons were held back at the river Euphrates until this time. And, and they, these demons had certain characteristics, which, again, we won't go today, but 200 million demons, and Brother Man would call them supernatural chargers. And they are released, and in Feast of the Trumpets, he says, watch, he says, this will be an ecumenical move. In other words, right now, everybody's affected by the guidelines. Churches everywhere. But somewhere it's going to turn. Somewhere it's going to change. It's coming to a great climax. Now, 
Brother Adam would tell us, he would go on to tell us, he says, the devil is entirely... Here, I was in the middle of a quote and I didn't finish it. Let me finish the quote and I'll come to this. He says, so many people listening to enticing spirits, they're demons, they get in places, they get amongst men. And he puts a colon and it says, ministers. They get amongst church members. They get amongst good people and they cause them to come into illusion. To say things, do things, teach things that's contrary to the word of God. Enticing spirits. He says, look, we're in the last days. We're at the end time. The world's about ready to explode. A sore boil that's going to explode. It's, it's, got, it's become filthy. There's no salve for it. They've rejected the serum. There, he says, you can't stop it. It's going to keep rising till it'll burst. Now, just step back for a moment with me. The devil is almost harmless until he can find someone to work through. There was devils that worked in Legion. They wanted to be more mischievous. And they said, where can we work? It says, Jesus, can you let us go into those hogs? Sure, go ahead. And we saw what the characteristics of those demons were. And he says, so the devil must have somebody to work through. And then Brother Ram says, so does God. He has to have us. He's depending on us to work through us. Okay. Now, ah, my... Okay, we got a half an hour, so let's, let me slow down and not get nervous. Let's remember the words that were spoken at the beginning. We have one service today. <laughs> How many, <laughs> God bless you, Brother Glenn. I'm sure glad you're here today. God bless you. <laughs> hey, he's happy too. <laughs> God bless you. You're all, I'm happy to have every one of you here today. <laughs> oh, isn't God good? Where, you know, I felt like singing earlier before we started this service, this commercial break, so just stop for a minute. In baseball, they have the seventh inning stretch. So this is not the seventh, it's the fifth. <laughs> and they sing a song. They have everybody stand up and sing, take me out to the ball game. I'm not going to sing it, don't worry. And it's just, but this is just the stretch. But I felt like singing at the beginning of the service. I said, I'm so glad that Jesus set me free. Or I felt like singing, I've got so much to thank him for. I, I, I got so many blessings, so many good things. I, I know we preach the gospel and it's hard sometimes, but you know, we're here, to, we're here to save souls, somebody from destruction. Anyway, I don't know if somebody wants to, has a song you want to sing, stand up and sing, brothers, and do a duet. You can leave the church. This will be a stretch for the home, home stretch here. <laughs> And then this saying went out amongst the brethren. <laughs> okay. We're all born in the world with a spirit. And David would say, I was born in the world shaped in iniquity, spirit speaking lies. So the nature of our spirit was contrary to God. So at the end of the day, unless there's actually a physical nature change. It doesn't matter how much you intellectually serve God, it won't do you any good. Now in letting off the pressure, Brother Branham would say, if we start out pretending we're Christians, without going to the very basis of being born again, you'll blow up somewhere along the road. He said, the pressure's too heavy. 
You can't stand it unless you're built for it. He says, and you can't be built for it until God gets a hold of you. Not just polish you up, but he starts you from the beginning. He brings you to a real magnum, a real child of God, built to stand the pressure, the pressure of this day. So many blow up. They're trying to impersonate others, and they'll blow up sooner or later. God has brought us on this earth, and he set us into church and different things, and we have to be what we are. God, by his foreknowledge, placed us in the church. I'm so glad of it. So the bottom line, if I can say it, is be who you are in Christ. Amen. Uh, every one of us has a different nature. Every minister has a different nature. A part of my nature comes through. A part of Brother Ron's nature comes through. I don't know of any minister that has ever come, or I don't think I could ever go to a convention and do what Brother Ron did. Come all the way to Canada. Stand here and say, I'm so happy to be back in Canada again. And drinking Tim Horton's coffee. And then utter these words, he was so anointed. <laughs> I could never say that, but Brother Ron could. He, you know, I, Brother Willie McGowan in, 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 you know, he would be talking about false doctrine, and you know Brother Willie, talking about false doctrine, and he just laughs it off. Nobody could do that but Brother Willie. You know, everybody has their own little nature, their own little... But yet we all have the same spirit that we're governed by. And that's what we focus on. So there's a spirit. So walk in who God made you. And, and don't try to take somebody else's place. Don't try to be, you know, walk in the revelation he's made real to you. And, and if that revelation is, you know, I, I got my place, you know, and I'm, I, I'm just, you know, the one in the orchestra that, that, that you know, I'm, I may not be the lead violinist. Yeah, I, I know you're looking at me. No, I, I, will, I know I won't be. I may be in the trumpet section. And maybe by the time I get there, I'll hold the trumpet right side up. You know, I might do that. Or I might be the guy in the cymbals that's back here and waiting for us. I'm ting, just that little moment. Or the guy with the, the big, what do you call it? The at the end, the big climax. It's all building. God's doing it. God's orchestrating it. God's taking care of his church. God's taking care of his people. I thank God he's in control. Okay. So the devil's almost harmless unless he can find somebody to work through. We come into the world speaking lies. There's a spirit of disobedience if we take it. So let's go to Ephesians chapter 2 for a moment, if you will. Ephesians chapter 2. I didn't give you the, Did I give you this, Brother Mark? Yeah, okay. Ephesians chapter 2. Let's just start from verse 2, if you don't mind. We'll just skip one. Where in time past you walked according to the course of the world, according to the prince of the power of the air. So, you came in this world, somewhere you walked this way. He says, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. So that spirit's continuing on in a people on the earth. We had it at one time. Jump back to verse 1. And you hath he quickened, <laughs> who were once dead in trespasses and sins. Now, I, I, I'm, I'm going to, Lord willing, I'm going to take a whole service on this one day, and, and you, you'll say, well, if you preach that service, I don't want to be at that one. But I, I, I'm going to, 
I'm, I'm going to borrow this from, from Spurgeon. Spurgeon was a preacher in England. And I, I read his biography. I read his notes. His, his wife actually put it together from all his notes. And so it's his personal notes, but she assimilated after his death. But there's a chapter in his bi biography, chapter 1, and it's entitled, Through Much Tribulation. Now, this is not often spoke in churches anymore. But I, I'm going to say it this way because I was a young man once. I had the spirit of disobedience working in me, even though I was raised in a message home. I, I hated it. I didn't like it. I didn't, I, and you know why I didn't like it? Because I wasn't born again. I was trying to fulfill it, and I wasn't born again. I didn't have the right nature change. And you know that could only come about when there's a true repentance. So in this chapter, I'm going to read a couple of just portions from it. But, but Spurgeon would say, there's a vital connection between soul distress and sound doctrine. Sovereign grace is near to those who have groaned deeply because they see what grievous sinners they are. If somehow in your walk you have never come to that place, I say this, be careful. You may have missed something. You may think, well, I grew up. I never did anything wrong. No, if you could see the very nature you were born with. You, maybe you accepted Christ. Maybe you don't remember. But when He comes in, it's a difference. But if you recognize, I could be nothing without the blood of Jesus. And, and Spurgeon, you know, I, I, I'm just going to rehearse this quickly. I feel like I could print this whole chapter and give it to everyone to read it and meditate on it. Because it, it affected me deeply. And it affected me deeply of where we are. I, I have gone through, and I, I, I again, I, I'll pick up parts of this that I'll pick up in future services. And if I'm sounding disjointed, I'm not meaning to be. But there have been six generations that we can look back and see. In 19, they call it the lost generation. That's the generation of the First World War. They call it the interbellum generation. That was, sorry, and then the greatest generation and the silent generation. So there's four generations that actually happened from 1890 to 1925. 1925, that generation grew up and they went to war. And when they came back to war, they spawned what was called the baby boomers. So that generation, they grew up expecting tough times. Now, I'm, listen, I'm, I'm not trying to put you back there. You are born where you're born. But recognize you're going to have to overcome something. That generation had to overcome something. My mother grew up, she didn't have toys to play with. She had to help raise siblings. She had, they, they went through a war. They went through hard times. And, 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 I, and, and that's valid. But they had to overcome that. She had to overcome the bitterness associated with not having these things. And why has my lot been this way? But they also had a natural inclination to call on God. Now the baby boomer generation that came out after that was a different generation. And they came out because a lot of them came back from war. They began to resume their lives and have children. And the baby boomers, they never had to go through a world war. They never had, they heard the stories. They heard all these things. And some of it got passed down. Some of the characteristics were there. But yet they learned and they lived with different things than the generation before them. 
and I, I could give you a whole series of stats on this. Then they had, in 1965, what they called Generation X, which was the children of the baby boomers giving, children, giving birth to children. They subsequently have had Xennials, Millennials, Generation Y, Generation Z, Generation Alpha. I'm coming full circle with this, coming back to Spurgeon. Till now you have a generation that didn't know about wars, to a generation that had affluence, to a generation that just had it all handed to them. And as you watch each generation, there was a moral decay. There was a slipping of, of calling on God. And no matter what generation you're born in, you're going to have to overcome it. You're going to have to overcome being born in, in Edmonton, where there's a, you know, there, there can be just a, a spirit that, that is, is, leads a certain way. You, you may have to overcome the generation of being born in Africa. You know, if you're, if Edmonton, Canada kind of comes out of England. You know, England has a starchy spirit. Canada kind of comes out of that. You have to overcome that. And say, well, you know, I'm German. I'll, I'll just be what I am. <laughs> My goodness. I, I, listen, I, I, I just say sometimes, God help us not to be Germans. God help me not to be a German. You may have heard me say this opposite many times, but I say, Brother Branham identified that spirit. He says, those, those people that had a child that, that in paradox that was going to go with another girl and then said something, and, and he says, I looked at the parents. And they said, he said, the boy's trying to overcome his genetics. He says, I know the parents, they're German. You say something and they just stare. Now, Brother Branham identified that. Now, it, listen, if, if I'm pricking you, you shouldn't be pricked in the Holy Ghost. Just say, thank God I'm not that. Thank God I got something in me. And, you know, if, if you come from the opposite end of the spectrum, you know, I, I don't want to pick on anybody. I'm just saying, you know, Congolese, and, and you're emotional, and you like to sing, and, and you do that. That's not all that God is. But God is the Word. He's in spirit and in truth. So wherever you come from, you've got to overcome it. Whatever generation you come, you've got to overcome it. But the present generation that we're in, and I'm, I'm just jumping big quantum leaps. I could show you the progression. You know the laws that we have now? Are the generation that grew up as baby boomers and sons of baby boomers. The hippie movement. Smoke drugs. You know, lifestyle. Now... We have laws in the land. Hey, who brought it in? The generation that grew up with it. Now are in power. Hey, guess what? Let's pass a law. Everybody can smoke pot. How, where did that come from? It started from a generation back or two. Where did the generation of abortions, where did the generation of homosexuality, where did those all start? It started as a teaching, and it began to move till right now. Here's where it's at. I say, well, thank God I'm not into those things. Yeah, thank God you are. But there's other things that come with it. And I've seen it. I've had to hire employees. And employees come, and there's a, a whole generation of entitlement. I deserve this. You haven't proved anything. You know, what happened to you? When I had to work, I had to prove myself first. I deserve this because... So-and-so, according to the stats, I should be getting this. I said, yeah, but who are you? I don't know a thing about you. We got a three-month three probation. Let's see what you're made out of. Then we'll pay you accordingly. But you know what? That's, 
That was expected generations back, but now it's not expected. The generations, I'm just saying these are spirits we have to battle through. I'm not picking on, if I'm picking on you, I says, get the spirit of Christ. The, this, the, the, the things that we get through, nobody wants to take accountability anymore. That's why you have lawyers drafting laws to protect for every which thing. That's why in the generations past, if they served you coffee too hot and you put it in your lap and you spilt it, you could sue the restaurant. Pardon me, you're stupid enough to put hot coffee in your lap. You deserve to go with burns and pay for it yourself. But everything, there's no accountability anymore. Oh, so-and-so hurt me. So-and-so did this against me. So-and-so. I'll tell you what, when you got Christ, it's not about so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so. It's about what I did. Not about, I was born into this situation. This came wrong. No, then they're saying, I was the sinner. I was wrong, Lord. Listen, Daniel was weeping and repenting for the generations that were before him. He was taking account for where Israel was. And we need to take account for ourselves. It's not what so-and-so did to me. Back to Spurgeon. Sinners grieved when they groaned deeply because they saw what they were. You seldom hear of God's everlasting covenant in these modern times. For a few men feel that through conviction of sin, which comes directly from the teaching of the Holy Spirit. I say, oh God. And listen, I'm not trying to beat you into fear. I say, let's catch an awareness of the Holy God that gave himself for me and what I was and how I must have stunk before him, but yet he still loved me. If we can catch that, friends, then it changes our attitude. Then it's not about what I deserve and what I get. I deserve nothing. I detest myself sometimes. My humanity by the Spirit, and I'm praying, and I'm saying, you know, what is prayer? Prayer is the place where you can come to the fountain and be cleansed. You know, so often we make prayer repetitious, pray this, pray this, but you can actually really be honest with God. Lord, you see my attitude there. It wasn't quite right. I didn't say that quite right. And you begin to groan, and you begin to lay these things at the altar. And you actually begin to wash them in the blood. To stand up from that and actually have a clear conscience. Many times we go down with those things and we, we try to override them. Yeah, I, you know, I said it that way, but I didn't really. And, and we're, we're making excuses. Well, until you come clean with God, you're not going anywhere. Yeah. I'm not, listen, you all have your own prayer closet. I'm not there. I have my own too. And i got to come clean with Him too. And so you, you come... There's actually a place you can get washed. This is not turning out the way I thought. But just take it for what it is, okay? This is my heart speaking. Spurgeon says this at the beginning of this chapter. About before he was converted. This is so, this is so poetic to me. My heart was fallow. 
covered with weeds. But on a certain day, the great husbandman came, and he began to plow my soul. Ten black horses were his team, and it was a sharp plowshare that he used, and the plowers made deep furrows. The Ten Commandments were those black horses. The justice of God, like a plowshare, tore my spirit. I was condemned, undone, destroyed, lost, helpless. I thought hell was before me. Then there came a cross plowing, for I went to hear the gospel, and it did not comfort me. It made me wish I had a part in it, but I feared such a boon was out of the question. The choicest promise of God frowned on me. I prayed, but I found no answer. It was long thus with me. I just say, when I had to take account, I didn't come on my mother's merit, even though she prayed for me. I didn't come on my family's. I had to come on my own merit and accountability. I had to weep my way to Calvary. I had to take ownership. But the generation, I, listen, I, I really wanted to get into, you know, I, I was going to get into the, my goodness, where are we at? The spirit, as it's growing, as it's coming up to it, I'll have to take more services. But there was a, we've come to a place in the world where, as it was, the spirit of disobedience, but we, it's, it's not stopped there. The spirit of disobedience, actually, that spirit, when, when you look at what Brother Branham says about it, it, he goes to a religious realm with it now. And I won't get to that today. But then it moves to the spirit of lawlessness. And if I can say, that'll be in Second, Second Thessalonians, for the mystery of iniquity. If you look at that word iniquity, it misses, without regard for the law. The mystery of iniquity. It started in the very first church age as a Nicolaitan spirit. A white horse rider. With, with an arrow, but no bows. It started that way. It moved along. John identified, he says, it's here. It's in the earth today. It's the spirit of Antichrist, but it's growing. It's growing. And in 325 AD, you can read through this. I, I, I'm just taking quantum leaps. But in 325 AD, it became crowned. Yeah. Became a doctrine. Listen, you can take someday... And I'll tell you what, I could walk you through the scriptures. But Balaam, we touched on him last Sunday that I spoke. Balaam, who was walking in this way, he was governed by a spirit. And the spirit, even though there was an anointing upon him, the spirit was driving him for money, popularity. And he was driving him. And what was, what was the way of Balaam? After a while, it, it, it moved from the way of Balaam. That, well, that was actually the error of Balaam. He didn't correct the error. And the error uncorrected became the way of Balaam. And after a while, the way of Balaam became the teaching of Balaam. Or the doctrine of Balaam. And that's what it's become in the world today. It's the same progression. Now, you know, it's... I, I look, I, I don't want to get caught up by the things that are in the world. 
I, I, it, was, it was about a year ago, a year and a half ago, and, I, you know, I, I have a passing interest in politics, but if you're not careful, it'll swallow you up. Yeah. And I began to get angry, because don't they see the corruption that's in the government? Have they not watched House of, House of Commons in the question period that they can't even give answers? <laughs> and you get... Don't get caught up with the spirits of this last days. There's another spirit. The spirit of Christ. <laughs> we're not a, we're immune. Brother Adam would speak, you know, in, in voice of God in these last days, he would speak and he would say, you know, there's great swelling voices, voices of intellectual men. They can shake the nations. You're seeing it. You know, somebody... Somebody stands up, or rather a policeman, puts his knee on a black man which was done wrong, absolutely done wrong, and from that becomes this huge movement. And now it's, it, it morphs into, let's tear down everything that was white, and, 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 and all of a sudden everybody's fearing for their lives. They said, in, I heard the stat, I think Brother Donnie was saying the other day, he says, in New York alone, there was $1 million of damage to police cars facilities as a result of that. So what did it turn into? This movement that just caught people. And they're, and they're caught by it, and they don't even know why they're going. I'll say this. There is a Holy Spirit that will keep you in the middle of the road. You won't have to get swung by this and swung by that. I'll say this. You just keep your, your eyes upon Jesus. That spirit morphs into, ah, let's defund the police. And all of a sudden, mayors and counselors are into defunding the police. Are, like what? It's insanity. It's insanity. I, I heard them even say, tearing down statues of George Washington and tearing down statues of all these different movements. These, I think Brother Andrew touched on it in his meetings. Uh, Brother Andrew Spencer, and he says, all these different, you're talking about moves of the Spirit, but there's a move of the Holy Spirit. I heard them say, they're going to tear down statues of Jesus because it's offensive. You're portraying him as a white Jesus. That's supremacy. You don't even know what kind of spirit you're under. I, I, listen, I, I saw a clip, I think I sent it to you, Brother John, but it was, they were advertising people, she's, they were taking a poll, says, hey, I'm, would you put your name on a signature to, uh, to tear down statues? Yeah, yeah, I'll do that, tear down statues of people, and then you're going to tear down statue of George Washington, tear down statue of this, and then they, they came in, and then they brought this thing, we're going to tear down the statue of another religious leader, I think it was Muhammad or somebody, and he said, will you sign that? No, no, I won't sign that. But they have no problem tearing down the statue of Jesus. <laughs> There's two spirits in the world today. Listen, where, how did I get off where I am here? I, I, I won't be able to read all of this, but through much tribulation, Spurgeon says, As a wounded soldier, I lay there lying on the battlefield with wounds like fires. I, you know what? This is so poetic to me. Maybe you don't like reading. I love reading. When I see these things, I so identify with it. I say, Lord, that was me. Laying there, wounded, crying. But then you cleansed me and you washed me. And it's real. 
The spirit that once was against you is now for you. I'm in a different path. I'm in a different channel. Praise God, I've been set free. Sin's blood, sin stains were washed away. He said, oh, we perpetually send our prayer to heaven. He says, oh, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And he says, oh, how many times I enjoyed great nearness to the throne through the throne of God in prayer. But never did such a prayer escape our lips when we offered it in bitterness of spirit, seeking our Savior. We poured our hearts with great freedom, more delight and stronger faith, and we received back tenfold. How many times have I been wounded? And I come to that same fountain. And it's still the same. It washes it cleanses. Oh, Brother Ed, you should be a poet. Yeah, I should be. I know. I, can't, I can write and be poetic, but I can't sing it. Leave that for somebody else. But I'll tell you what. There's a music. There's a music that the believer knows. My, I'm just going to flip through my pages here. Okay, need about 15 minutes, and then we'll be good. Are you good with that? I'm only looking for one. So I got one, two. So we're, you see, that's not democratic. Don't you know? God isn't part of a democratic society. It's a theocratic, which is God. It's God only. <laughs> God is in his people. <laughs> Let's just take this for a moment. Luke chapter 23. I didn't give you this, Brother Mark. Luke chapter 23. Now, in the time that Jesus came on the scene, now, I want you just to catch, just for a moment, here comes the Spirit of God in one man. That Spirit had the ability to cause the demonic world to say, what are you doing before our time has come? That Spirit also had the ability to take the religious world and take the Sadducees and the Pharisees who were opposed to each other and unite them together against Jesus. And it also had the opportunity to go to a political world and take two foes, Herod and Pilate, and bring them together. Now what was it? It was spirits coming back together. So here we find in, in Luke chapter 23, this is when Jesus is brought before them and, and he brought before Pilate. And, and I, I won't read all the preamble and they, they set things. So verse 11. And Herod with his men of war set him at naught and mocked him and arrayed him in a gorgeous robe. And he sent him to Pilate. So Herod asks all these questions of Jesus. He mocks him, etc. And the scripture and the next verse says, And the same day Pilate and Herod were made friends together. For before they were at enmity between themselves. 
So whatever spirit was on Herod and what was on Pilate, all of a sudden, when the Word, the Spirit of Christ came on the scene, it brought them together, not for, but against. That same thing's going to happen again. Now, turn with me over to Matthew chapter 27. Matthew 27. This will just jump down to Herod and, and oh, sorry, to Pilate. And Pilate has now got Jesus before him. And as Jesus is before him, and he's got all the Jews, and now even, remember, Pilate's wife told him, don't touch that man. I had a dream last night. Don't touch him. He's innocent. But Pilate was a political man, and he had pressure put on him. And as Pilate put pressure on, as they put, as they put pressure on him, you know, they had the Jews, and, you know, he had to save face. You know, he had a political following. In verse 24, or verse 23, And the governor said, What evil hath he done? But they cried out the more, saying, Let him be crucified. And when Pilate saw that he could prevail nothing, he took rather a tumult was made, and he took water, and he washed his spirits before them, his, his hands before the multitude, saying, I am innocent of the blood of this just person. See, you do it. So he actually confessed with his mouth what his wife said. He's just. I'm innocent. He says, see that you do it. And then verse 25, and then answered all the people and said, his blood be upon us and on our children. And little did they knew what their words were going to do for the future generations behind them. But let's just take Pilate for a minute. So Pilate, whatever the spirit that was in him, you know, he wasn't really, he was brought into the picture, but now he was confronted with a decision. And as he had to make this decision, he aligned himself, he got empowered by Herod, you know, even though his wife said this, and he says, okay, I, I'm going to do this, I'm going to make a good show of this, I'm going to wash my hands. Now, Josephus and others, they talk about Pilate after this. But after he did this, they said he began to wash his hands incessantly. He could never stop washing his hands. Whatever he did there, so went into his spirit, it caused him. And it said he went to his grave a madman. Why? Because of the direction he chose. Now I just say, there's a spirit. Whatever way God is dealing with you and whatever God is doing with you, I say this. Make sure, as they would say in internet terms, you're trending in the right direction. Make sure that you're moving on the right path because you don't know when that moment comes and you want to be prepared. Now, let's just jump over. Acts, Acts chapter 26. Here's another man who was crazy. And this man, he was crazy persecuting Jesus. So when Brother Moses spoke, spoke on Wednesday, he talked about you know, sometimes what looks like a believer is not really a believer. And, 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 and sometimes you can see, you know, sometimes the real believer doesn't look like the believer at all. He looks like he's foolish. But it was Paul persecuting them on the road to Damascus. But that's why we got to look at it according to the inside. So Paul gets struck down on the road to Damascus. He starts going with Jesus. And finally he's on his road to, to uh, Rome. And he stops now. And he comes before King Agrippa, and he's, he's speaking before him, and he recounts his testimony. You can read this in verses 13 to 19. 
In verse 19 he says, But wherefore, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. And now he begins to speak and he begins to tell him how the Moses and the prophets and Christ should suffer. And as he speaks in verse 24, And as he spake, thus spake for himself, Festus said with a loud voice, Paul, you are beside yourself. Much learning has made thee mad. So the world counted him crazy. But really, he was in his right mind. And he says, And for the king knows this was not done in a corner. And he asked the king, Do you believe this? And the king says, Almost you persuade yourself, verse 29. And Paul said, I would to God, not only you, but all that hear me this day were both almost and altogether such as I am, except these bonds. Paul said, Whatever you saw, this is the best state I've ever been in, except for these bonds. Now, can you say today, this is the best state I've ever been in? Not, not speaking about conditions in the world. I'm speaking about your soul. I say, I am so grateful for this message. Now, I'm going to go to one more scripture. We're going to go, let's go back to Acts chapter 4. So Acts chapter 2 is when 3,000, or sorry, when they, when they received the uh, promise of God and in an upper room and they came out and, and then they, Acts chapter 3, this is when they began to speak and Peter began to speak. So something happened here. In an upper room, God who had walked with them says, I'll return to you, I'll come to you again. You must be a witness before me. They waited for the promise on high in an upper room. They were all in one mind and one accord. And the Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost, came upon them. So now, think about what's happening in a demonic realm. Heaven had just witnessed the greatest <coughs> ministry that ever had been on the earth. Jesus Christ. Walking Destroying his kingdom, ripping it to shreds. They finally killed him. It looked like he arose, but he disappeared. And the devil seemed like, okay, we can relax, guys. It's okay, fellas. It's going to be okay. But then in an upper room, something broke loose. And I don't know what happened in the demonic realms, but there was an immense earthquake, there was a shaking. Guys, that same spirit is back on earth again. It's here again. We thought we destroyed it, but it's here again. And all of a sudden, an anointing came upon the religious leaders that was there just a few days earlier against Jesus. But now it came on the disciples. And so here they began and they, in chapter 4, Verse 1, and as they spoke unto the people, the priests, the captain of the temple, the Sadducees came upon him, and they, being grieved that they taught the people and they preached Jesus, the resurrection from the dead, and they laid hands on them, and they put them in the hold until the next day it was now eventide. Now, something united them again against these people. Verse 4, howbeit many of them that heard the word believed, and a number of them that was about 5,000. So now Ananias, the high priest, they began to question them. In verse 13, they saw the boldness of Peter and John. Hey, these are not the same guys. 
that went scared into an upper room. And he says, verse 13, they were the boldness and perceived that they were unlearned and unignorant men. They marveled. And this was the testimony. And they took knowledge of them. These men have been with Jesus. I say, would to God, let that return. Forget about all our learning. But let it be, these people have been with Jesus. And then they, they saw the man that was healed. They threatened them. I'm, I'm just jumping over it quickly. Told them, don't speak or teach in the name of Jesus. Verse 19, Peter says, whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you or more than God, we cannot but speak the things that we have seen or heard. Now, verse 23. Let's just take it right down. And being let go, they went to their own company and reported all that the chief priests and elders had done unto them. Now the spirit that was in them, that used to be in Christ, is now in them. And as they're there, and now everybody, they hear this, and they begin to pray. They're united in prayer. Verse 24, and when they heard that, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord. What brought them together? One spirit. And they said, Lord, thou art God, which has made the heaven and the earth and the sea and all them that is in it. Verse 25, they just pick right up on something. They said, by, who by the mouth of thy servant David had said, why do the heathen rage and the people imagine vain things? Friends, we can pick up the same word. Why are there all these movements out there? Why are all these things happening? Why are they going on? Because it's the last day spirit. Why, do, why can you see it? Because you got the spirit of Christ. And I think we can pray like they prayed. No matter what comes, Lord, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Why do they rage? Why are all these movements starting? Why are political leaders doing things? Because it's the last day spirit. People have to get into the spirit of destruction before they're destroyed. So does the spirit of God have to get into the people of God before they're raptured. Notice the spirit. I don't think they went into their, you know, rehearsing their words. But the spirits, they began to pray. Oh, Lord. And the psalm came to them. Why do the heathen rage? The spirit that is in us is so contrary to, to what's out there. Listen, if the Pharisees would have heard their prayer, they would have got upset and said, why are you calling us heathen? <laughs> And he says, and the people imagine vain things. You know, I, I watch some funny things. Listen, maybe I'm, I'm just observant. But I watched our prime minister. And listen, fashion is okay. There's an element of fashion we all follow. Right? Good. But I watch him giving his reports every day. Self-isolating his hair is growing back to kind of that hippie locks. And then, you know what? It's not long, and that becomes a spirit, and others do it. I go, where did that come from? You know, I, I watch different fashions and fads, and I'll tell you what, I'm not one who's going to jump into something. Yeah, you might call me archaic, or, but there's a spirit of God. Even, even around the message, before everybody jumps in, I just sit back. 
hold on a second. Where did this come from? What's this doing? What's the spirit behind this? Listen, I, I, not one of us is going to figure it out, but I'll say this. What you can't figure out in your mind, the Spirit of God can tell you. Stay away from that. Don't touch that. Just walk with me. Stay focused. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about this. Walk with me. Walk with me. Stay with me. Stay with the message. Stay with the word of the hour. Doesn't matter what they say. Doesn't matter how many websites raise up against the message. Doesn't matter how much fanaticism goes the other way. There's a way. Walk ye in it. There's a Spirit of Christ. Walk you in it. Don't get caught by anything. Be in the channel. A little stream can be a little stream. You can jump out of it. But if you stay in it too long, you can get caught in a big river. And it's not so easy to get out of that. And I say, whatever channel you're in this morning, make sure it's the right channel. Make sure it's the Spirit of God that's leading you, motivating you, moving you. Listen, let's just have the musicians come. This is the conclusion of their prayer, verse 27. For of a truth against thy holy child Jesus, whom thou hast anointed. Now look at their prayer. Both Herod and Pontius Pilate with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together. Look at their prayer. A bunch of scared people a few days hence, earlier. And now the Spirit of God caught them. They can see it so clearly. Oh, it was on Pilate. It was on Herod. It was on the Jews. It was on the Gentiles. It all came together. Friends, I can see it so clearly. It's happening. It's setting up. Yeah. The economic fallout of this virus. There's only one answer. And it leads back to Rome. Yeah. It's setting the stage for it. Yeah. Don't trust in those things. Yeah. Trust in the Lord. Amen. Trust in Him. Yes, Lord. And He says this. For to do whatever thy hand and thy counsel have determined. Now verse 29. O Lord, behold their threatenings. Yeah. And grant to thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word. Amen. God laid it on the heart of one of our young brothers to pray. Just to gather with a few brothers at church and pray. Yeah. Just after our meetings. And a bunch of us just came to church one evening and just started praying. Friends, we're not stopping at the cycle of just a meeting. Yeah. We are moving to the millennium. That's right. the, worth, the earth is moving to a climax, so must we. Yeah. We can keep moving. We don't have to stop. I think we can expect God to do things. How many remember Daniel in 21 days? The answer was on the way day one. But stay with it. Keep praying. Keep pressing. Stay in the word of God. Stay in the spirit of Christ. Amen. I wish I could have expressed better what was on my heart today. But I pray that God would make it real to everyone. Amen. Yes. I say just, let's stand together. Spirit of God, move. Spirit of God, move. My whole being consume my life. Spirit of God, move any vessel I want to be, so that you may come, Lord. And 
Let's just be sensitive to the Holy Spirit now. Spirit of God, move like your word in my heart. Fill my whole being, consume my life. Spirit of God, move an empty vessel I Listen, the part I shared, I, I mean it with all my heart, friends. I got to go to an altar and pray daily. Forgive me, Lord. But there's a fountain that's open daily. Let God burn everything out of us. Let the Word of God cleanse us. Listen to the urgency of the prophet. Some of the services in 1964 and 65. He's literally weeping at the end of the service. Oh, friends, don't be caught. Don't be found wanting. Nobody can answer for you that day. I can't answer. Your parents can't answer. Your brother, your closest friend can't answer for you. It's you and God alone. It's us and God alone today. It's the preacher and God alone. I've got to answer. We've all got to answer. Let's let God speak to us. Burn on, oh God. Burn out, burn out everything from me. Let's sing this. Burn on. Burn on. Oh, fire.
Brother Branham would say, then I began to think, I am his representative. God doesn't see me. The blood of that righteous one lays up there on the altar. It makes intercessions for me. He is my sufficiency. He is my prayer. He is my life. You know, it's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance, to correct things that are wrong. I don't know if we recognize the spirit that's in this earth today. We leave, Brother Branham says, why is it that we don't go, he says, we leave things left undone. You know, we, we sometimes don't, Mark eleven twenty two. faith is based on forgiveness, but because we don't get forgiveness, we can't have faith. Because we don't forgive, we can't have faith. When I was first saved, this just came to me this last week, I did things wrong. There was one man I had taken something from. I remembered his name. I called him up. I found his name in the phone book at that time. I didn't know who he was. I called him up and said, did you lose something on such and such a day or such and such a time? He said, I did. He says, I'm the one that took it. I need to pay you back. And I went back to the apartment where the man was and there was a policeman waiting at the door inside and he says did you do that I said I did he said you're guilty I said yeah I am I came to repent I says I since then I've become a Christian and I wish I could have done that over and I gave him back and the policeman looked at the man and he said hey just go I was forgiven. Oh, yeah. There's forgiveness if we ask for it. Sometimes we, we do things against a brother, a sister, even people in the world, even our own family. And we just think, oh, it's okay. But where is the genuine repentance? Oh, God will forgive me. Is, is that taking your salvation seriously? Is that turning over every stone, making sure everything's right? Does that give you confidence? You know, before you kneel in prayer and you know that you've done wrong, the Bible says, get up, go make it right. Say sorry. Why is sorry so hard to say? And we think, oh, God will get past it. Listen to Knoweth It Not, where a woman was told by her pastor, you know, don't worry about it, don't worry about it. But as, as her spirit was about to leave her and come back to God, she starts screaming, I'm lost, I'm lost. I don't want to hear anybody say that. Brother Ed, you're being kind of, you're going right to where the rubber meets the road. You're right, I am. I don't want anybody saying, I'm lost, I'm lost. Listen, we need to be serious with God with one another. If there's a wrong attitude, confess it to one another. Now, you don't have to confess everything. There's things that, you know, sometimes just get a feeling. If you really, if it can't leave you, then do what you need to do. But I'll say this. Let's not just take our religion casual. Let's make our salvation sure. 
I, listen, I, I, I didn't intend on closing the service this way. But I'll say this. The Spirit of God will identify with the Word of God. It won't leave it. God is no respecter of persons. He wasn't a respecter for Brother Branham. He won't be for me. He won't be for my family. He won't be for, for any of you. He won't be for any, whoever you identify with. God is real. He means what He says. And I say this. I'm not here to condemn you. But I'm just saying, if you come to this place, if you can find that place with Him, if you can lay it all at the altar, there's something indescribable that happens. There's a cleansing. There's a washing. I, I can't explain it. But you, you feel like 10 million pounds have been lifted off of you. Why would you want to carry it around any longer? I, I, I don't know where this is going and who it's going to. But I say this, why would you wait? There's a fountain. There's a fountain this morning. There's a fountain. Let's, let's sing. There's a fountain in the house of David. There is a fountain open in the house of David. this morning the spirit of God has been upon us in the ministering maybe it didn't come out the way brother Ed thought but I believe the Lord has been speaking to us he was speaking to me I believe he's been speaking to someone why don't you at this moment don't put it off but right now if you have a need there's no eye looking there's nobody watching if you're at home and you're with your family everybody close your eyes Look to the Lord at this moment. And if God was speaking to you this morning and you want to be honest with God and raise your hand, why don't you do that right now? Brother Branham would say that no man would do that. Gravity would have to be, but there's a spirit in man. And the Almighty of God gives inspiration. And if you have a need this morning, raise your hand. If there's something in your life you know isn't right, and you just want to say, Lord, would you take that from me? Even now, Lord, I bring it before your altar. And if it's something that's been hindering my walk, something that's been blinding me, maybe it's my blind spot, Lord. But Father, I want to make everything right with you. 
as we lifted our hands now and we're just waiting on God. Friends, whatever God speaks to you, whatever He tells you that you need to do, just be faithful to Him. No, this is not Brother Ed scolding you. I just say there's a deep burden on my heart for myself, for the people of God that are represented here, for the bride of Christ. And it's my desire that we could go a little higher. I believe the church that was founded on the day of Pentecost, that began to move under the unction of the Holy Spirit. I believe that church that went into the grave, that came back up in Martin Luther, that came back up through Wesley and through Pentecost right to these last days in this message. I believe within that seed is all the power and all the potentials, but it's God waiting for us to get everything right. He's training us. He's preparing us. And we need to press in. We need to do all that we can. This morning, would you want to be identified with that group? I don't want to be identified with the spirit of Laodicea. I don't want to be identified with the spirit of destruction. This world is going into a tribulation. But I'd say right now, I want to move in the right channel. God was speaking to you. I just want to make it real to Him. Why don't you do that? Heavenly Father, may your blessing be upon your people. Thank you for their patience in putting up with me this morning. Thank you for every believer and every home and every family. Lord, I remember times in my life I wasn't even looking for you. I was running for you. I was belligerent. Lord, I had a, the spirit of disobedience working in me. I shudder to think, Lord, what that would have been today if I still would have been running unchecked. Lord, maybe it would have been a spirit of lawlessness. Maybe I would be in a jail somewhere. Maybe I would be killed or maybe I, I would have done something abominable. Lord, but you came and you changed my course. Such were some of you. But Lord, you came. You sought me. And Lord, I can say today there's a different spirit that's working in me. Lord, this last day's spirit, it's grabbing many people. It's grabbing political leaders. It's grabbing religious leaders. Lord, it's grabbing many, but there's one spirit that is unchecked. That's the spirit of Christ, Lord. May that spirit be prevalent in your people. May it be prevalent in all of us. Lord, if there's someone that's just going the wrong direction, would you be merciful this morning? Would your hand reach out to them this morning? Father, I pray and I thank you that you're faithful, that you'll lose none of them. And Lord, we're here for you. We want to say thank you once again for the gathering this morning. We want to thank you for the word of God that's been made so real to us. Lord, I pray that you can make your word real. You can bring us joy. You can bring us the happiness that no man can give. Lord, you can put a spring in our step. You can change situations, circumstances. I pray you'll touch Brother Len. Lord, I pray that you'll go to where he is. Take away the numbness. Take away everything from him, Lord. I pray that you'd go to where our lost loved ones are, Lord. I pray that you take away the spirit of apathy. I pray that you would take away everything that would hinder you, Lord. May the Spirit of God have the preeminence in our midst, Lord. Father, we agree together. We set our faces to you, Lord. Father, we love you. We appreciate you. We thank you for the light that is existing in this day that we can see. 
We want to thank you for the word that is received in the hearts of your people. May it bring forth. Lord, bless us this day, this weekend, as we go out through the upcoming week. Lord, may you be with your people, those that are journeying, wherever they may be. Heal the sick, Lord. Touch our brother Ron Spencer. Continue with him, Lord. Also our sister Erica. Lord, there's many other needs that are there. We just commit them all to you. Father, we want to thank you that you're the faithful one. We commit ourselves to you. Now, asking all these mercies, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You know, I was thinking of a song earlier today. I didn't sing the one I wanted to think. I think of many songs. What's the song? Oh, how marvelous. Oh, how wonderful is my Savior's love to me. What, what is that one? Is that what it is? Wow. What inspiration. There's the Spirit of God. The Almighty gives inspiration even to a non-musician like me. Go ahead. I stand amazed in the presence of Jesus the Nazarene. Oh, and wonder how he could love, love me, a sinner condemned Say 